Welcome back to the podcast and thank you for joining. I'm Patrick and this is Paranormal Coffee, Episode 4. Today's topic, Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. Today I have my friend Sarah joining me, who I've known for quite a few years, who is more so the expert on this case than I am. She brought this to my attention and I invited her on the show because I think she's an excellent person to speak to and the topic is really interesting. So after one documentary and quite a lot of research, we'll be talking about the Skinwalker Ranch and the aliens, the Skinwalkers, and the poltergeist that um, seem to roam around there. So thank you for joining again and we're going to get started now. So like I said, today I have my friend Sarah in the studio who is um, someone of, we were using the word skeptic, but we've kind of stopped using that now, and we're going to use the word scholar. She's somewhere between a scholar and um, a spiritual, someone who wants to sort of be in that sweet spot of the middle ground where you're open-minded, but you also want to have that solid scientific foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much, first of all, for having me, um, having me here. And yeah, I think that the word skeptic has a, sometimes a bit of a negative connotation because um, people think that that's somebody that goes in with the mission to disprove or the mission to, you know, disregard all of the evidence or, or you know. Um, but I, I do, I, I, I think that there is so, so much that we don't understand. Um, but at the same time, I don't, like to take things at face value. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm the, the jerk in the group that'll be like, well, now I see the fishing wire or I <laughs> see the smoke and mirrors. And, but, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons that this case really, really interested me was because there is so much unexplained phenomena and there is um, an element now that's being um, very scientifically, well, <laughs> they're trying to, um, you know, try to measure and try to predict and try to explain what's going on. And I don't think this is, I think a lot of the evidence that they're trying to bring to the table is more than just, look what's on camera. It's mm -hmm. now being studied by scientists, which yeah. is even cooler. Yeah, the, the, the NIDS team, the National Institute for Discovery Science, came to the farm, I think, the ranch, I want to say 1995, but we'll get into all that. Yeah. So... Sarah's gonna tell her, tell us, I guess I should say, a little bit about her, about herself, and like who she is as a person, and of course, the coffee. Love it, love it. Um, again, thank you so much for having me. Of course, I, we were so honored to have oh, you on. I am a social worker by day. Um, Pat and I met in like twenty. 14, probably somewhere around there, yeah. Um, through friends of friends. Um. I am a crazy cat lady. Uh, I live in the city and I am going crazy in grad school right now. So because I'm in grad school, I love coffee. Um, I haven't been drinking it as much lately, weirdly, but um, I'm so not a coffee snob. I'm so easy to please. I'm just like the Folgers girl. <laughs> like I'll just pick up whatever in the grocery store and make it in my drip that I've had forever. <laughs> so um I think that drip gets a bad name. I love drip coffee, I, to be I've honest. I've never done anything else. It's like tried I said, and like, true, yeah. I'm so not a coffee snob at all. I mean, I'm not, I don't like drink instant or anything. Yeah. But <laughs> so I, I actually drank instant on a show. I drank uh, Ew, Four Sigmatic, it's called. Uh, it's a um, mushroom coffee blend. I'm going to leave. And it's actually pretty good. <laughs> but it's a much better quality of instant coffee. It's not, you know, taster's choice or something like that. <laughs> um, but... Today, actually, we're drinking the coffee that I mentioned in the first episode. It's called Thunder King Coffee. We're drinking their positive, or, uh, their positive morning attitude. 
Um, it's based off of the uh, sort of idea of positive mental attitude is like where it comes from. But anyway, um, Thunder King is out of Costa Mesa, California, and we are drinking it cold brew, and it's delicious. I'm not endorsed. I'm not paid by them. They didn't send me anything free. I picked it up on wholesale. Uh, right now they're doing a wholesale um, for a pound and two pound. It's 10 bucks for a pound or two pounds is 20 bucks. So it's a really good time to try a new coffee that's good in quality. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. It, it is delicious. It's light. It is. It's a light roast. Yeah. And uh, Sarah said that she liked light roast. And I was like, I have the perfect one, even if we're talking about it a second time. I actually do have a lot of coffee coming up. I have four bags that I've ordered or bought in either our local roasters. My friend who's coming on tomorrow, I got us a local roasted coffee and 20 minutes down the road and um we're doing that tomorrow um cold brew as well so anyway i think we've rambled enough about (laughs) coffee and silliness and who we are as you know friends and people so we're gonna get started and we're just gonna go over all the things that we have as evidence we have books we have notebooks we have computers we watched the documentary we're ready for this this is the episode where we're going to thrive. So now Sarah is actually going to lead this part. She is more of the amateur expert mm-hmm. in this situation than I am. I had a lot of work this week and sh- I did watch the documentary that we talked that we're going to be referencing a lot, but she has a book and she has a lot more research than what I do. So she's now going to give a synopsis of the story mm-hmm. and then we're going to break it down. Yeah. Um, on that note, there is so much content when we're talking about Skinwalker Ranch, I mean, we're just going to scratch the surface. It's, it's insane. Just, I mean, that's, that's what drew me to it all as well. Um, because it's this conglomeration of so many of these paranormal, um, sort of units or, or, um, uh, phenomena that we, um, kind of pigeonhole into their own category, like, um, poltergeist type activity, alien encounters, cattle mutilation, um, time space anomaly, things like that. They are all happening reportedly in one place on this ranch. So basically in a nutshell, if you don't know anything about Skinwalker Ranch, um, it is a ranch in Utah, um, in the Uinta Basin. Um, there's a, um, Ute, uh, Native American reservation very near. Um, this ranch is now, um, it's it's owned by um, a new owner who has chosen to be unnamed um, and it is like a living laboratory um, and there are um, I, I believe it's still the NIDS team the National Institute for, for Discovery Science that are still on the property um, trying to figure out what is going on so there's everything there is um, UFO activity there's lights in the sky there is um cattle mutilation um of the most baffling category that was one of the things that got me was Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like cows being sliced and diced or like ripped apart by something it's like precision it's it's insane and it and it's you know it's it's something that um is so out there and unexplained it's just like you know stuff that we couldn't even recreate um, it's like, imagine, I imagined like the most skilled butcher that I could imagine yeah. meets a samurai, yep. meets a surgeon, yeah. and then you're still lacking the precision and the craziness that comes with right, it. Right. That, yeah, that's what I was going to say. And then it's, yeah, it's like 
the just the the oddity itself of like why but anyway so um again you know in a nutshell this ranch is a hotbed and i think at its core and we'll be talking about this a lot um the kind of working theory that i think is most accepted is that this place is somehow um the veil is thinned between our dimension and some other dimension and I, again, I'm not a scientist and I, you know, if you asked me to define the word dimension, I'd probably stumble and stutter for like 10 minutes. But um, basically there's, there, there's activity that is unexplained, does not follow our, what we understand to be the normal laws of physics. Um, and it, it seems to be a sentient entity that is behind what is happening also. So... That's, um, that's, that's very interesting as well. It, that brings up, um, kind of the idea or the question of, uh, other intelligences. Um, and again, you know, we, we always associate UFOs with aliens in the sense that they are extraterrestrials, but in the context of the Skinwalker Ranch, when I say alien, um, I would like you to kind of shift your focus and, uh, towards them being interdimensional beings. So, or, um, do we believe in the things, maybe not exactly talking about them per se on the ranch, but just in general. So the first one is aliens. Um, I believe, I just think it's so hard to say that we haven't been visited by something, whether they be the aliens that we know as like, you know, the gray head or green body. I don't necessarily know if that's what we're looking at or if we're looking at like some sort of, like you described, an interdimensional mm -hmm. creature. I don't necessarily buy into the UFO and little green man. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure um, uh, as far as, because I, I think, so in general, I think that um, in terms of extraterrestrials, uh, of course, I believe they exist. I don't think there's even a question because our universe is so massive. However, um, I believe that the encounters the of the third kind, you know, the abductions and things like that, that people have described, I think if any of those are true, I, I don't, I truly don't believe that um, these are beings from other planets in our dimensional plane. I do believe that they're, they're interdimensional beings um, only because, and again, I am not a scientist, but um, from what I understand, I mean, even with advanced technology, the idea of, um, Interspace travel, as I understand it, is is like it's really kind of far fetched. I mm -hmm. mean, the the fact that we, you know, life on other planets, um, it's it's got to be far away. <laughs> yeah. So we'd have some sort of evidence if it was close, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, I think so. But I think that we're all open to theories, and Absolutely. I I think we're all open minded enough to admit that we would love to hear people's theories and such. The second one is a skinwalker. Mm -hmm. um, I I was really sold on this at first, but now the more we talk, I I need more evidence for it. Sure. Like aliens we have, or whatever you want to call them, we have so many stories and a lot of content. solid evidence. <laughs> yeah. Again, content. For skinwalkers, we don't have that much. And yeah. uh, a lot of people you said don't like to talk about them because it kind of is said to invite them in. And sure. you said that they're even like a male witch. I know some stories even say that they're like shamans that have eaten human meat right. and are tainted right. by that. So 
that's really neat. I think it's a cool story, but I haven't ever seen like really videos of. So, no, I mean, yeah, and it's it's not. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, it, it's just the the videos that you do see. They're very like grainy. They're very. I want to see iPhone elevens <laughs> like videoing because yeah. like old cell phones just don't sell me on it. Well, it's not like one of those trendy cryptids either. Like yeah. what you know, the Jersey Devil and Bigfoot, um, and I don't know, um, Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Those are cryptids that you know are very popular. There have been movies and things like that. Skinwalker, a lot of people haven't even heard that term. I wonder if it's because it's a cultural thing. You know, it's a very, um, like... Yeah, I don't know. Native American Um, kind of, like, indigenous people. It's Yeah, it's definitely... It's very centralized. Um, But for for those of you who don't know, the Skinwalker legend basically is a a Native American legend. And um, depending on who you talk to... um, it's a it's considered a, a hu- something that was human and has a, a human corporeal sort of quality, um, and it is a it's a malevolent being. Um, it can shape shift, and um, it, the best sort of translation I'll say is um, that it's it's a male witch. It's a male sort of magic man, um, but with malevolent intentions. Um, and on that note. Um, it's not talked about. Um, the The natives are very reluctant to talk about the skinwalker because um, that's said to be an invitation to, for you to be then victimized. So I guess the last one then would be poltergeist. And I think that's a broad mm-hmm. spectrum of a uh, answer. Sure. If we're talking like poltergeist, you know, they're here. Right. You know, I, I do believe in ghosts and I do believe in the the things that are maybe not even evil, but like want to just mess with you and move things. That's my definition of poltergeist. So yeah, I do believe in a poltergeist, but I feel like the poltergeist activity that we're talking about on the ranch is completely different than what we hear about in, like I said, the movie-esque type. Exactly. The pol- like when I think when most people think poltergeist, they're thinking spirits, they're thinking ghosts of people that have passed on, but poltergeist to, from what I understand, it's not a, noun in the sense that it is a thing poltergeist is the activity of of things being moved um physically in our world that we can see um so uh do i believe in spirits i think so probably um but like you said the that's the only word we have I think it's the first word that comes to mind when we're trying to describe the activity on the ranch of the things that get moved and the things that um, it seems uh, that the, the people, you know, when these things happen, it seems that it's, it's trickster. It's trickster. Like it's very, it, this is a joke that's being played. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's a, they described it as a prank. Mm-hmm, like and, um, yeah. one of the ones I remember from the documentary is um grocery bags being put away by the residents of the ranch and then them coming back and all of the stuff being packed back into the shopping bags. Right. It's not necessarily mean. It's more so like, gotcha. Like, right. And that's, oh my gosh. I mean, if we want to get into that now, that's probably my favorite piece of this. Yeah. Let's get started. I mean, we're at a good point. Um, One of the things that they say is this poltergeist activity. And like we said, I think the word poltergeist we shouldn't use as a noun, but more as of an adjective to the the things that happen. Well, yeah, I mean, the the poltergeist is is the phenomena, I think. I mean, again, that's semantics. But um, again, to clarify, I mean, we can use the word poltergeist, but I'm not using it in the traditional sense. What we're talking about here is the physical... um, 
manipulation of our world. So on Skinwalker Ranch, again, this is my favorite piece of this entire story because it's just so mind blowing. And I think that there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of different sort of um, ways that you could go to explain what's happening. Basically, um, there are instances where uh, there are physical manipulations of our world. So like you said, um, the one that comes to mind is uh, the, so the, the family that had the ranch when sort of things really came on the radar. They're called the Gormans historically, but um, that was actually a, a student, that was a fake name to protect them. Their real name has since been released. Um, but so Mrs. Gorman, um, she would come home and have a load of groceries and she would <laughs> put them in cabinets, put them in the fridge, put them away, exit the room, come back into the room and all of the groceries were back in the bags on the counter. Everything was back in. So is that trickster activity? Is that a prank? Is that, um, <laughs> is that sentient? Is that a joke? Or is that a time space anomaly? where because this place is it's where it is said that the veil is very thin is another reality bleeding into our own so you think that potentially in our reality she could have put the groceries away exactly. but in the second reality exactly they weren't ever put away and the veil is thin so that has come over exactly into ours i like the idea that's i think that's precisely. i think yes. that's a whole episode we could do by itself I know. but and it's interesting because you know there are there are different things that happen on the ranch that seem to be more sentient and trickster like and um not necessarily malevolent but definitely annoying <laughs> yeah i, I kind of think of it like some of it is very more annoying and yeah. like silly and almost yeah. just like what you would do to just kind of like tick off your mom to right. like mess with her the, the way i think of it is um a kid with a magnifying glass yeah like that that ecosystem of like an anthill you know <laughs> how many of us as kids fry dance with yeah. a magnifying glass or like screwed up their trail or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I think that is um, a very good possibility of what they're dealing with. But again, um, just for another example of um, kind of time space anomaly, um, the Mr. Gorman, the rancher, the patriarch, he um, was using a post digger to build a fence. This is a piece of machinery that will dig a precise hole in the ground. This is a 70 pound piece of machinery. It is, it's heavy duty. He's using it. He, I think, goes out, you know, he, he leaves for, I think, maybe 30 minutes, comes back. This is gone. I think it was a matter of like one or two weeks later. It, it certainly wasn't a matter of days. It was, it was I, you know, anywhere from weeks to months. After he had bought a new one, he found the post digger balanced in a tree. Which is insane to think that the limbs could hold such a heavy piece of machine. Well, and, yeah, and that it could be, I mean, how do you, you know, yeah. how do you get it up there? But that, see, I think is more indicative of trickster activity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, My favorite part is definitely this skinwalker. Mm -hmm. I like cryptid. Mm -hmm. I think the cryptozoology is exactly why I chose the Jersey Devil for the first episode. I love the paranormal and aliens are great but i don't really know a whole lot about like aliens like i said um i like the cryptids i like the i like the ghosts that's so where I. Yeah. I i love that sort of thing so um i liked the skinwalker i like lore lore yeah. is something that drives me but i like authentic yeah. lore sure so i feel like this is neat but i think that discussing this i think that the skinwalker could even be 
like a um maybe an alien we were talking about it being interdimensional why couldn't it be or could it be something of old you know something that existed before right and i mean of course you know when you have lore from aboriginal tribes typically they're what we what we would consider sort of paranormal is an explanation for something very real that's happening they 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 don't consider the skinwalker a myth it is very very real to them as i said they're terrified of it it's cultural Um, right and again you know i think that um i think that because this area in particular for some reason is the hotbed you know that was the name that the native americans gave to it um i mean on that note um as far as like a physical being um like the the actual cryptid itself um I don't know. There's there's kind of a lot to talk about there because, um, in fact, I was just watching a documentary the other night and it was called The UFO Bigfoot Connection. And I know it sounds so hokey, um, but basically uh, this documentary was saying that the Sasquatch, which is how it's referred in Native American culture, um, is also it is an interdimensional being. Okay. And these are actually all one and the same. These are all, you know, things that are very, very connected. Um, I like the skinwalker that they describe in the documentary that mm-hmm. we watched. Um, it's described that when they asked the people what to do a lineup, they said it looked like a big wolf. So they did the um, like a lineup of animals and they pointed at the dire wolf, which has been extinct for thousands of years. It's right. essentially what we know as a wolf just on steroids it's huge right well i'll correct you there because that wasn't the identification of the skinwalker that was the wolf incident oh that's right yeah there's a wolf that they said was huge i'm sorry yeah that's right that's okay this wolf approached the gorman family it was very it seemed to be very um tame in the sense that it was not afraid of them um they shot at it with a a 30 odd rifle and it it's barely huge. flinched. Yeah, which and they say that the gun could take... To, for anyone who doesn't know guns or firearms, this thing takes down elk. It's I locked. mean, it's yeah. not it's not <laughs> it's a BB gun. Right. We're talking about something that is going to do some damage to something that is hitting. Uh, reportedly, the animal was shot four times and barely flinched, and then finally reluctantly sort of trotted away, like, what the hell, you know? Why I think it was more pissed me? off yeah. like, than it was hurt. Absolutely. And so um, then, uh, again, you know, according to the records we have, Miss uh, the family was, I think it was specifically Mrs. Gorman. It was because she went to report it to um, the local authorities. And she said, there's a wolf loose and, if it's, and it's tame. So maybe it's someone's pet. Mm-hmm. And I'm very concerned about it because it attacked our cattle. And um, they, the whoever she reported it to, said, okay, A, um, the last wolf in Utah was killed in, like, 1920 or something. Um, and, uh, and you know, we don't we don't know what you're talking about. So she was asked to identify kind of what, what she believes she saw. She points to the dire wolf, and as you said, that is a long extinct animal, which, so, A, you could argue, argue that resembled whatever form this skinwalker took. Or B, another time-space anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's neat regardless. Um, the one thing before... I think this is going to take a lot of time to explain is that mm-hmm. we talked about the cattle mutilation. Yeah. And like I said, um, it was precise. Like some of these, the meat is like carved off and 
The right. one thing that follows is there's no blood. Right. And again, I think this speaks to um, the fact that whatever this, I don't know, I don't know what you would call it, whatever the force is or whatever other entity we're dealing with is very much studying us. And it is very um, good at evading us. So I, so I understand that it um, seems to be able to know what we're trying to do <laughs> and, and how to avoid being caught. But anyway, so, um, you know, the cattle mutilations that, um, first of all, uh, that distinguishes, um, the fact that they know the difference between human and animal. They're not targeting humans. Um, and they're not, from what I have read, they're not violent and they're not harmful to the humans it's scary as hell and i think that's one of the reasons why you know i mean it's it's frightening it is especially but. with the how like i said precision that they bring to the table right. with it is if they could do that to a cow what could they do to us right and so, i don't think that they're necessarily malevolent but anyway could yeah. that be another form of this prankster type you know right yeah are we looking at something that is you know seeing the are the cows the ants in your magnifying glass, exactly. you know, or is this yeah, what they're doing? Yeah. So, but it's crazy. Like some of them are nothing is left except for yes. like the spinal column yes. and bones. Yeah. And it's like, I think the one part they say that within five minutes it was done. Yeah. Like they come back. He, uh, I think the rancher comes is there and then he walks away for like five, 10 minutes and comes back and there's one of his like right. huge bowls just, like I said, precision is my word for this episode. Yeah, yeah. It is just so precisely and like surgically like just right. left with nothing but like a spinal column and like bones. Yes, it's extremely unsettling. It is. it is, And the pictures and little videos you see, it's like insane. So the one that I think was probably the most well-documented was the one that we saw in the documentary. And that was that was not a full-size um, bull or, or one of the semental um cows that was that was a calf that was it appeared to be a dairy calf um so again it was found <laughs> if you imagine kind of one of those um like bearskin rugs that you see in 70s movies that's kind of what this thing looked like its legs were spread eagle out on the field the entire middle cavity the entire thorax was gone yeah. there's no meat so it's got its head it's got its legs although one of the femurs was found like 20 feet away which is like one of the most difficult things like that femur joint you can't just pull it out like that would have you need machinery to do that so i understand um and yeah so it and you just have the spinal column in the head and then no blood no guts no entrails no bite marks it's it's a work of art yeah <laughs> it really is there's and, no evidence right. of any blood nothing and it's crazy and it's, well, and that's one of the things that, you know, they, they came to the conclusion that the mutilation was done elsewhere and yeah. then the carcass was left. Why they would bring the carcass back, I don't know. Um, the other thing was that um, the, the calf's ear was sliced cleanly off with oh, something right. very, yeah. very precise. Um, it wasn't chewed off. It was like a scalpel. And that was the ear that had been tagged. Oh, that's right. So I don't know if maybe that was sort of something that maybe they were curious about. I don't know, you know, but again, it's, that's strange because, you know, it's not, it's not characteristic of what you would see from a predator attack by by any stretch. Especially we could even use the dire wolf example. Mm -hmm. A dire wolf isn't there doing clean cut sure. it's yeah, no. gonna shred this thing exactly and there were, there would be 
Yeah, it would be disorganized. It would be carnage. Yeah. This was, this was freakish. And, and once I finally, like, really tried to understand what I was seeing, I was like, how do you explain that? Yeah. Other than that's that's intelligent activity it is i think the next thing we sort of touched on the aliens when we were talking mm-hmm. about that and i th- i think we're every time i say alien now i'm kind of flinching a little know, bit yeah. because it's like i don't since we've talked about it i don't know if it's aliens or sure. these interdimensional beings but there are lights in the sky like a right. ufo so i want to say that whole southwest area is a hotbed yes. let's be honest UFOs, um, you know, lights in the sky. That's mm-hmm. seen a lot in that area. It's I feel commonplace. It I is. Understand. I think that we can kind of just say there is that evidence. Right. But is that linked to this or is it just, it just so happens around there? Because it does seem, I mean, maybe it is linked and maybe it isn't linked. Well, again, I think, I think there are threads that connect each of these pieces. And like, again, it, you know, if you had to put me on one side of the fence, um, what we think are aliens are interdimensional beings. I'm, you know, repeating myself here, but um, again, um, in terms of what's going on on the ranch, um, my understanding is that there haven't been um, the little gray men or little green men. It, they ha- it's not you know your typical sort of um, traditional. Uh, image of an alien but you but you're right when when we're talking about aliens we're talking about uh the lights in the sky that is a huge huge phenomena um on the ranch and there are um of all of all shape and size and manner of um crafts that appear to be nuts and bolts like metal and you know or um crafts that you can hear but not see that could have some type yeah, of yeah there's no propulsion system right. it's magnetic they say or right. something along those lines I guess we haven't done a great job explaining the actual backstory of the ranch, though. We've talked about the anomalies and stuff that happened there, but the ranch is essentially a... It's over 200 acres, right? I'm, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. I don't even know. Let's go with 200. I think it, I think it's over 200 acres of um, just ranch, and um, it no. I think it's just... It's like you said before, it's a working like science lab now, a natural, almost natural science lab. Um Story goes that there's a family that lives there. They start reporting these things back in the 80s and 90s? Uh, 70s, as I understood okay. it. Um, and then, and you know, again, I uh, this is just... I, I could botch these dates and sort of timelines. But from what I understand, you have um, the original owners um, in the 70s that they certainly reported a lot. Um, but then the ranch was purchased... In 1994, um, by the uh, Gorman family, who I said has been since, you know, their real name has been released. Um, It was vacant seven years prior to that. When they bought the ranch, um, they had to sign an agreement with very, very strange criteria of um, just rules that they had to adhere to, um, one of which was no digging. 
if you choose to dig on the property, you had to, he had to contact the previous owner. This has never been explained um, in in what I've read. I've never really gotten an explanation. I know for that. that they said any digging and stuff really seemed to spark right the and, activity, right? Which would make sense because you think about hauntings and stuff. And hauntings, mm-hmm. they say, when construction is done, when things are moved, when uh, like yeah. a remodel is done, that really stirs up the it, paranormal yeah, activity. So hypothetically absolutely. speaking, why couldn't if the if the land is the paranormal hotspot, why couldn't that be? Instead of a house, why couldn't it be the land that's being disturbed? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, I guess uh, I'm trying to... I've never... I have not come across any clear explanation as to why that was put in the agreement. And I... It clearly means something, though. Right, and I would really, really love to know, but I'm sure that owner has long since passed. Yeah. But, but yeah, so then, um, to my understanding... uh, Mr. Gorman um, was floored by the phenomena that he was experiencing. And I, I don't know, somewhere down the line, NIDS got involved, uh, National Institute of Discovery Science, in uh, the mid-90s. And um, you said they've kind of been there ever since. That's that's my understanding, yes. And, and I think then, there's a lot of tapes and recordings and stuff like that. That, that was, are, yeah. That, that the, haven't even been gone through. That was the basis of um, the documentary. So the book that's sitting right here in front of me, uh, Hunt for the Skinwalker by Colm Kelleher and George Knapp, that was the original. They they set out to actually film a documentary. Um, and then somehow it was hushed. It, they were, you know, told basically to not release the footage that they had. And somehow he got away with releasing a book. So then the documentary that was released just a couple years ago hunt for the skinwalker this is a new guy um some hipster guy i don't even know that he found george knapp and finally went through all these tapes so his documentary really is george knapp's documentary yeah Um, it's very much just produced by this team yeah it's neat though i think i think it's a really good documentary i think everyone should check it out um it's really neat though and i think there's so much evidence that we have I had to cut short because even just sitting here and talking just a little bit about it, it's like, I feel like I could do an episode on each one of the things yeah. and maybe we'll revisit this. I think we're going to have Sarah on a good amount because you and I really connect. Like I've, I've said, we've talked a lot. She's actually been here. We've eaten dinner together. We've done a lot of just like, ca- first off, catching up. It's been a few <laughs> months with Corona um, that we haven't been able to catch up. And then we've just also kind of like talked about what we believe and such, I think is a big thing. Yeah. So I think there's, I think she'll be a good co-host for me to have on. Um, if you would like to join and I'm, oh, I'm, I'm in it. I don't have a life. Yeah. And... <laughs> I'm here in a minute. And actually, uh, on that note, um, there's the new series that's coming out, the Skinwalker, I don't even know what it's called, the History yeah, the Channel. the History Channel's doing um, it. I am very apprehensive of it. I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be sensationalized. I hope not. Um, but as that kind of gets going and there's more content released, I think that will, I, I think it, it, it will be something that we could revisit Um Hopefully with, with new information. I hope, yeah, I hope we have more information. So I would say look out for a part two. Mm. Um, I think it's great. I think there, we've kind of run over everything. Um, and it's going to be cool to have more evidence. And maybe we can keep researching and taking notes and stuff like that. I think it's a lot. Um, we've filled a good chunk of time 
already and i think there's a lot to continue talking about so i say let's do part two in like a month or so i'm not even ready to stop i mean i know we haven't touched on anything i mean we we haven't we've really just done i think we should i think this is a good intro i say we make this a two-part series i'm down i say we've kind of covered everything and now we've seen that there's a lot we can touch on and maybe since you guys now know sarah you know now know a little bit more about this the next one we can go into the nitty gritty and if we end up need to needing to make this a three or four part series sure we can do that because I think that as I record, as I sit here, uh, I don't think one episode is enough we, for this. It's not doing justice. No, we're not. We haven't begun to excavate what. Yeah. And um, I, I, yeah, I say we do one of these like once a month and yeah. we do next time. So, yeah, I guess this is a good part to call it quits and look into it in part two. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm. I, <laughs> I could speak for three, four hours about all this kind of thing. And actually, if, if we want to kind of leave it on a teaser, one of the big, big things that I didn't get to touch on was um, uh, the the portals that show up on the property. There, oh, are, yeah. there are literal uh, light tunnels that sh- that have been Yeah, they say that there's that even creatures at the end there, of it. There are creatures and craft that go in and out of these portals. It's insane. It's So there you go. Keep your eyes open for part two. We'll do a month. Um, I have Hometown Haunts. Um, I'm actually recording that tomorrow. I'm recording two in one week. I usually only do one a week, but Sarah and Steven, uh, Steven actually created the intro music. If you've listened to, you've heard the new intro music. Steven actually created that. He's going to be on tomorrow. We're doing hometown haunts or somewhat hometown haunts because he's local and he's going to be talking about his stories. And I think it's going to be more interview based with Steven because Steven's an interesting dude. He's such a nice guy. He's so friendly and he just loves to tell stories. So yeah, he's more going to be an interview and stuff and we'll see how that goes from there. All right. Well, we'll stop there. Thank you for joining. I really appreciate you being on. And there's so so much. much Thank you so much for having me. Guys, you have not heard anything yet. Yeah, part two is going to be crazy. (laughs) Please tune in. I feel like I've ripped you guys off of an episode, but I (laughs) promise there's more coming. Like I said, a month from now, we're going to record episode two, and there's going to be a lot. Please hang in there. I know this was a lot of information, and we really summarized, but I feel like the next one or even two series, well, maybe we'll do two... We'll do two, like, we'll do the Skinwalker and, like... This is your appetizer to the three-course meal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for joining again. Check out Thunder King Coffee. Um, Please like and share this as much as you can. Leave a review on um, Apple Podcasts. I love reading them. I will always post them on Instagram. And you can find me on Instagram at Paranormal Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Paranormal Cough One because Twitter hates all long names. So um, it's very simple. But find me, message me, talk to me. I love to talk to new people. Please tell me what we're doing right. Correct us on any information that we may have gotten wrong. Please, and constructive criticism about Mm. any information or anything like that. Just let us know what you think, if we've said anything wrong, or if you even have more information, please get a hold of me. You can even even email me at coffeewiththeparanormal at gmail.com. I don't know if anyone emails anymore, but you can, you can shoot me an email. So we'll talk to you in the next episode. Tomorrow we're recording with Steven, and he'll be next week's episode.